everyone. I hope you are having a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Thank you so much for listening to yet another podcast. This is your host, Adriana. You are now listening to Drop the Desmadre. And today I have a guest. Guest, go ahead and say who you are. Good morning, Adriana. Thank you for having me. My name is Will Benitez. So I just want to say something really quick. I do know his name, but I just wanted to make it a point that I was looking at this TikTok and there was this guy on a date and just like me, I forget names really quickly. And he was like, fuck, I forgot her name. So you know how they go into the scene where they just catch the one person talking Mm -hmm. about their experience. He's like, I totally forgot her name. So this is the trick. When you're on a date, you ask her how to spell her name, and that's how you can get her name, and she thinks that you care. So just, you know, FYI for any host, if you, like, forget your guest's name for some reason, you can ask them. Or if you're on a date, you just be like, hey, how do you spell your name? You know? Hopefully it's not Anna or Joe. You know? My favorite's Dana <laughs> or Dana. Yeah. Oh, I have a friend named Dina. Um, but that's just a quick quick thing. But anyways, yes, we have Will today. Um, I think we went to middle school together. Did you go to Marsh? I did. Middle school? Marsh Matador. Marsh and then W2Y. Yeah. Yeah, I graduated from, from that high school. Barely. 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 <laughs> Literally. Uh, I was in the Reconnect class taking like six classes because they were like, homegirl, you are not graduating. And I was like, bitch. Yes, I am. So, um, yeah, that's really where we met. But you were also in ROTC or ROTC. I was in ROTC, and I heard a call that. That's funny. Yeah. I was. Uh, I joined it at um, eighth grade in middle school, mm-hmm. and I was also in it uh, freshman year. But then I had to choose soccer or ROTC because of the gym credits or PE credits. Oh, yeah. I should, part of me wish I would have stayed, but I didn't have as much fun. You know what? I was in ROTC and then my best friend left junior year and I was like, bitch, like, I can't leave. I've already invested three years in this. Like, this is the ROTC life. Funny thing is, um, I'm not sure how I feel about the military right now. It's another podcast. But yeah, that's how we know each other. Um, But also through IG, um, I think someone posted or shared one of your reels and it was funny and I was like, dude, this is fucking hilarious because I'm into like that dry, like almost rude humor. I don't know. I'm <laughs> sure there's probably like a some sort of trauma there, but uh, I thought that was funny. So I was like, oh, I'm going to follow him. Um, and then that's just kind of how we've connected. So um through Rellenas, actually, yep. was the one that you followed, which was my old um, vegan pop-up. And I talked a lot about politics sometimes, and we kind of, or even just like random thoughts, and we kind of agreed, you know, or disagreed kindly. Um, and I was like, I feel like you would be a good podcast guest because you're able to disagree kindly and, or agree, and like, it's a good conversation to have. So, how do you feel about today? I feel great. Um, <laughs> it's honestly perfect morning. We're sipping coffee, and uh, thank yes. you for the coffee. Adriana's a great host, so if you have her on here, consider yourself privileged and treated. Yes. Um, Anything under $5, <laughs> you're good. Yeah, disclaimer. 
Um, no, I feel good. You know, I think these are important things to talk about. And, you know, before we were kind of just having a little conversation on how sometimes, you know, I understand there, it, it takes a lot of energy. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. And, you know, I, luckily I am able to have these, I do have, I believe in your vibe as you track. So if you're able to put something out there, you'll attract those same people. Yeah. So for us to kind of sit like this and be able to just, hey, we're about to get into something that some people don't like talking about. Yeah. Some do. It's important. And um, we're kind of glad it's not, you know, election season because it would probably be different. <laughs> probably have people in here trying to chime in. Yes. We found a little <laughs> corner that kind of looks like the auditorium area in our high school, actually, to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a good echo. So um, I'm in the education world and, um, you know, I was obviously in the uh, United States during school. And, you know, I was given this ideal that um, everything that I was fed or given to me by teachers, by media, by church was like everything that they were saying I had to believe. And actually we were talking about the four agreements, mm -hmm. that book by what's his name? Uh, Miguel. Miguel Garcia. It's such a long I always get him and the actor mixed up. I think it's Miguel Ruiz. Miguel Ruiz. Um and in that book, The Four Agreements, they talk about how there's all these ideals that you don't choose as a child, but you're brought up with. Mm -hmm. And they're not your ideals. And then when you get older, you start to realize that those were never your ideals, duh, right? And you start to be, to basically question everything. You may become like the black sheep in your family and get like a little rebellious because you're trying to find yourself. Um, so I know that happened with me. I question a lot. Um, I like questioning because I like to know the true intentions and I just really like people that are really straightforward, which I think that's why I connected with you because you're pretty straightforward um, as of now. As of, <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. So, um, you know, we're talking about politics and um, how in the past years there has been a divide um, amongst our personal communities. Um, and by my personal community, I'm talking about my Latino um and hispanic community in my personal uh, experience there has been a divide with um you know who it is that you vote for in politics whether it's trump whether it's biden and to be honest um when there was a lot of people voting for biden biden uh, a lot of supporters for biden I was just kind of a little bit upset because to me, although Biden was less verbally abusive, was the same, had the same purpose. Um, and I feel like I could have voiced that. Um, not a Trump supporter, not racist, um, not a Biden supporter, not racist, but I guess I was kind of angry because people were actually questioning um, their actual plans and they're being fed all this stuff by the media as we have been since children 
and there was just a divide and no one was questioning anything. How do you feel about that? Um, I was in the same boat. Um, you know, I kind of, it kind of felt like in a way, as I was going through my own questioning and thinking, wait a minute, everything we're being taught how to think, taught who to vote for, why so-and-so is bad, why so-and-so is not bad. Um, and we were talking about mold earlier too. Like, you know, I'm Hispanic, I'm Latino. I need to vote this way. That's what I'm being told to do. And if I disagree, then I am whitewashed. I am a coconut. I've been called a lot of names. I've been called a, I even got called a white privileged Latino, um, which confused the hell out of me. Uh, but I think that person was just, you know, the ugly comes out of some people because you're not fitting their mold. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like somebody who, imagine a community that all uses machetes to cut tree branches, right? Which is not a bad tool. And then suddenly comes with this guy who goes, well, I'm using this electric saw. It's like, no, like you gotta stick with what we're doing. It's yeah. like, no, I wanna use this. Um, conformity. And our generation, I think, is kind of like, I don't wanna say, I don't wanna use the word, I wanna say they're like confused. It's, it's hypocritical sometimes because we're all for dismantling this and that, but as soon as somebody's not on board and goes, wait a minute, guys, should we probably talk about it? It becomes a big deal. It's like, no, you gotta, you gotta row the same way we're rowing. Yeah, I would say that we're kind of like punk emo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, because we wanna be rebellious, but we run with our emotions too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as a documented individual, of course, you know, the whole Trump thing and then those supporters that he did have, obviously were against who I am as an individual. But then I also went to go read on Biden's past and he also wasn't for me. So I'm just like, why are we voting on these two? Why are these two the only ones? And, um, we talked about Stockholm syndrome and how, you know, on the Republican side, they're really aggressive, um, really forward. And then on the Democratic side, you know, they're very kind, and but yet still have the same agenda. Personally, from my own research, I would love for you to come on here and give me more knowledge and information if you have research that shows otherwise, because, um, you know, I like to stay knowledgeable. But I guess that kind of brought me in with the whole stigma of we have to be what we see and we have to be what we're told to be. Um, so one thing that we do have in common is that, um, we have other things in common, but one thing that we do have in common is that we're both sober. And we were discussing how we were shamed in, in, in those spaces because first of all, um, I used to brew beer, um, home brewing, and then I did some competitions. But in that, I learned that Latinos are who these like cervecerias are trying to market. Because, dude, we make that money. Latinas, their spending power is so powerful. So they literally market to us. So for me to be like, oh, I don't drink, I always got shame for it. So I don't know if you want to share your shitty experiences with shamers who reflect. <laughs> I do. Um, I'm actually going to be turning two years sober on Christmas Eve or December 24th, if you don't believe in Santa Claus, because I know we have a 
diverse audience. Um, at first, it was that way. Uh, I can say now I'm comfortable with it. If anything, I have people who reach out to me, you know, and they're like, hey, yeah. how'd you do it? Uh, but at the beginning, for sure, um, it was tough. It was because it was such a big identity for me, and people knew me as that guy. Yeah. In fact, there was an alumni game we were having for our high school, and I remember one guy talked to me. He's like, hey, Will, you should come, and um, I'll give you the money if you go buy the alcohol, because I know you like to drink. And I took that as a compliment at first. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I get it. That's what people put me in. Here's this guy who likes to drink. As soon as I kind of came out and sober, like, hey, you know, I'm, I realized this is not working out. Let me try a different way of life, a lifestyle. Yeah, uh, I, like you said, you brought up uh, the video reel that you, you saw. I, I've always, it used to be a toxic way of coping was humor. Yeah. Um, now it's more me to kind of like express myself and how I view current events or just to make somebody laugh mm -hmm. or maybe for me to get something out that's positive and not hurting anyone. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope it doesn't. Um, someone said, oh, you're not drinking anymore, but you're so funny when you drink. And they may have not known that, but attaching a quality to a person because of their drinking habits those are things that like I didn't even think about until I was a victim of it. And I hate using the victim word, but that's how it felt. So I was like, damn, I just kind of got isolated from the group. And then the next one, you're boring. I was at a wedding. My date um, knew my situation. And because of the pressure, I said, let me walk around with a glass of wine. So nobody, none of the friends that haven't seen me in years, at this wedding ask any questions dude the shield that you had to create yeah, yeah. it was <laughs> i put so much effort into hiding my drinking i put the same amount of effort into hiding my sobriety it's kind of sad so there was like a pressure at the beginning to like not everyone can know because i only knew that you know patios sports games drink 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 i'm going out on a date drink we're going to brunch drink it's everything is involved with alcohol so as soon as you take that out in a way i think it forces people to kind of look at themselves and be like they don't know how to cope with that so they attack you yeah so they'll say oh what's wrong oh well shit, you're boring now what do you do for fun i had a boss ask me that we were going to the state fair it was an outing and uh they were giving us tickets yeah and they said um Oh, Will, um, there's this awesome, like, you know, they have craft beers and stuff there, too. But I said, no, I'm just going to get food, and I'm going to get food to go. Because my dad loves turkey legs, and I wanted to bring him some home. Yes. And I was the only one not drinking in the group. And my boss said, wait, you're sober? I was like, yeah, I am. He's like, I didn't know that. So what do you do for fun? So Literally everything, everything else, else, sir. You just don't drink. Um, <laughs> so it was insane to me that oh, wow, I am really one of, I don't consider myself that, but I started thinking, like, what I do is not what everyone else is doing, you know? Yeah, I feel like initially this conversation was going to be about politics and, and like, why, why do you agree with this person? Why do you agree with this person? But then we just realized that there's, like, all these expectations of who we're supposed to be because of society. Mm -hmm. So we kind of started to connect more on the level of 
us having to leave those circles and become more of ourselves. So if you haven't read The Four Agreements, bro, go read it and listen to Audible. I think it was under like 30 minutes or yep. some shit. Short read, awesome. And it really opens your eyes to who you want to be, right? Um, for me, same thing. Uh, I guess the most recent thing is I went out with my coworkers. Some of you guys listen, so you will know who it was. I don't care. Um, we were out and I suggested a place and we didn't end up going there because, you know, Bishop Arts has a lot of motherfucking traffic. So I was like, yeah, let's stay over here on 75. That's really cool with me. Um, but I was drinking a non-alcoholic beer as a shield so that no one fucking asked me about being sober. But then I was like, fuck this. I'm actually sober, you guys. And they were like, no, you're not. And I'm like, I am. This is a zero alcohol beer. And uh, my coworker was like, well, now we know not to ask you where to go to drink. And it made me so mad because I was like, why would you try to shame me? What trauma are you trying to share with me from your own life? And um, it just made me realize that I was just like on a, on a whole different plane and being sober has allowed me to feel everything that I've been trying to hide from. And we were discussing how it's used as a coping mechanism. And, you know, well, Salvadorian, are you half Mexican or just Salvadorian? Salvadorian, but I, when people, you know how people say black, white, Mexican, which I hate when they do that because mm -hmm. they literally mean everyone. Yeah. I still connect. Yeah, so I was sharing with him how I didn't mix well with like the crowds in the old school parties, right? I kind of more meshed with the crowd of the men sitting outside around the fire talking shit with their dry humor, morbid humor, and they would all be drinking and that's how they would cope with things. So that's something that I learned to do. Um, and it's something that I've watched my father do. It's something that I've watched my uncles do. It's something that I've watched my uncles die from. Um, it's something that I watch my husband do. And it's something I watch myself do. And I think that that's when I started to reflect of like, why am I drinking, right? Um, so I started in the therapy and it started to teach me that I was actually using it to numb myself from the traumas that I did go through. And that opened up my eyes to how I was going to pass down that trauma on to my own children. And I think that's where it just hit me of like, do I want to keep on passing this shitty pattern of a life on to someone else? So you broke that cycle. I'm trying to break that cycle. Um, I actually do want to have a family, um, you know, in a healthy environment. And whether I don't end up doing it or whether I have to freeze my eggs here in the next year, I will. But um, it just stops here, you know. Um, I know you recently got married. Mm -hmm. Did. To a gorgeous woman who also has her nose pierced, yeah. right? Um, Hopefully we can convince Will to go get his nose pierced. It's, <laughs> it's a very liberating. I'm also inkless, and she's got ink, so that's funny. We're literally the opposite as far as looks. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you just got married, and I really do congratulate you not only on your marriage but on 
on focusing on yourself because that will affect her too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, how does she feel about you tackling your demons? I, first of all, if she's going to listen to this, so shout out to my wife, Holly. Um, literally my rock. Um, luckily, I, I've had some relapses. I haven't always, you know, was able to go, hey, I'm quitting drinking. It was Same. ugly. You know, yeah, it's dirty. Same here. And she, we met because of my sprite. She's uh, six years sober. Wow. So, thank you. We met through, it wasn't even a dating app, it was a social media app for sober people. That's it, just for people who were in recovery. And uh, it, it was a friendship to people the same age, same humor, going through the same thing at the time, early recovery. And then it turned into, holy crap, I really like you. I really dig you. Let's meet. And the rest is history. Um, I unfortunately, you know, got off the wagon and she got to see all of the untreated trauma come out. Yeah. And um, she had already tackled that. You know, she kind of, she told me, she's like, hey, I'm really, once I started like making decisions to go to therapy and do all these things, she's like, I'm really happy and excited you're doing it this way. Yeah. I just felt like if it would have been someone who wasn't in recovery or someone who's never gone through the same thing, they would have dipped and pieced out a while ago. Yeah. And I wouldn't have blamed them. Um, so, I mean, for her to say, I do. <laughs> I think yeah. that speaks volumes to see how I'm doing with my self-help and all that. So. Yeah, that's actually a really beautiful thing um, because you do need someone who sees you. Yep. Mm-hmm. But not like the person everybody sees, mm-hmm. but like the you. Um, and I think that to find those connections is very difficult. But it's not just a connection. It's a continuous work of art where you have to keep giving and then you give. And then like a relationship is all about it's work, but it's it's because that's like the love of your life, right? Although I do feel like there are plenty of fish in the sea, you know, if you are in an abusive relationship, of course, mm-hmm. can't handle it mentally, you need to go seek help, right? But um to find someone that's going to be there for you during their darkest times and to reach into the darkness and pull you out is it's like really rare. Absolutely. And she, that's, that's what, um, I think because she got this, she meant the sober me. Mm-hmm. So she knew when I, you know, got knocked down, she's like, I've seen this person at their best, you know, I've seen what they're capable yeah. of. Um, but I agree with the, it's 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 not easy but for me it was like i wasn't even focused on that i was focused on me and it's just in if i have any advice for anyone if you start focusing on you yeah not depending on anybody and thinking oh but i just if i have this person if i you know i can't let go of so and so that's you using another person as a distraction to not tackle what you need to really be working on Yes. Why would you want to drag someone else? Why do you think those people don't stay? Maybe they have their shit. Excuse my language. Um, and you do too. And I have I, explicit on here. Oh, perfect. Well, in that case, you're my M&M <laughs> favorite. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
but yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that I do want to chime in with. Mm -hmm. It's just like, we use so many coping mechanisms. If you come from dysfunctional homes and you don't know how to cope with shit, because in my personal experience in our culture, we don't go to therapy. Um, you use anything around you to survive. Like literally your brain is built to protect you. So whether you use um, someone else to feed that love that they give you to fill your void, whether you find drinking. We were also talking about how when you're an addict, you kind of dabble in different things. So let's just say like I'm an addict to coffee and I stop, you know, drinking coffee. Let me go find something else. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it was working a lot. Like I was just like, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm going to work really, really hard. And I was using that so that I didn't have to cope. And therapy has really like opened my eyes to um, finding other ways to fucking cope, dude, because I'm tired of using, literally getting that high mm -hmm. to survive. I'm tired of living off of highs. Like, I just want to feel everything right now. And that's really why I'm sober. So fuck you if you shame me. Um, <laughs> but I just want to feel everything so that I can know what it is that hurts so that I can heal. Because if I'm constantly feeding it with my highs, I'm never going to know what actually fucking hurts. Yep. So what would you say to someone if they're at a really low point or maybe at a high point, no pun intended, um, What's the way out of the cycle? Acceptance is something that is crucial. Um, accept the situation for what it is. That means not being in denial, which I'm not talking about the river in Egypt. I mean, not wanting to sit with yourself, constantly asking, what's, what's the game plan? What are we doing tonight? You know, that yeah. used to be me. I only, there's a term called, or a saying called, if you spot it, you got it. Mm -hmm. I think if you spot it, you had it, or you still could have it. Um, I only speak from experience. I'm not trying to like go, oh, I'm on this pedestal. Uh, my, how I did that or was able to deal or, or find a way out is that was the first one. Okay, here, here I am, overweight, smoking a pack. That wasn't that bad, a pack of cigarettes a week drinking for everything, um, hating my life, and not letting other people in to help. Yeah. So I had to be okay that that's what was going on. If I kept ignoring that, there was no way. No way. That's the first part. If you really can accept and admit that this is who I am, I'm accepting. Acceptance doesn't mean you have to stay there. It's just you looking at the situation and being like, if the house is on fire and you keep looking the other way, you know, the only way you're going to call the firefighters is you go, hey, look, that house is on fire. Let's call the fire department and start working on it. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. So that's, I guess, my best advice to just start that process is take a good look in the mirror. Um, and honestly, change takes courage. And it's not for people who need it. It's for people who want it. Mm-hmm. We are running low on minutes, and this is just such a heavy topic, but um, sometimes we do have to fall and fucking, I don't know, like our brain guts come out and shit. 
for us to decide that we're going to make a change. Like sometimes really traumatic things have to happen in order for us to make a change. Um, we're talking to you so that it doesn't have to get there. And like he said, you do have dead steps and you do have to want. Like no one has the power, you have the power deep down inside. Um, so shout out again to the four agreements. Um, dive deep into yourself um, and it'll be painful, but it's also really liberating. Big time. Choose your pain. Continue the cycle you're going through now with the same results, which is insanity, or get uncomfortable for that first few months, years, yeah. but the long-term results are gonna be so worth it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you have anything that you wanna share, DM me, email me, a poem, whatever it is. Thank you so much, Will, for being here. I appreciate you. And I hope you guys have a good night, good evening. Peace. Ciao, thanks for having me. Bye.